It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Thursday, June 25th, and you're tuned in to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, uh, not a lot uh, of, of progress made so far in getting a schedule out there after we have the agreement between – well, I'm sorry, not the agreement. After we have the 60-game uh, uh, season imposed by Rob Manfred's office. But uh, we do have some, some Indians-related news in terms of Emmanuel Class A. Tell us what we have on that. Yeah, uh, Emmanuel Class A, a hard-throwing right-hander that the Indians acquired – on December 15th for Corey Kluber from Texas, along with uh, uh, Delino DeShields. Um, you know, he got banged in uh, spring training for an 80-game PED suspension. And, uh, you know, things have changed a little bit now, Joe, with uh, you know, obviously the season being, you know, curtailed to 60 games. And uh, from what I've heard, um, uh, in an agreement with the MLBPA and Major League Baseball, uh, the 60-game season will serve as uh, Class A suspension. In other words, uh, the 20 games left over from you know 60, mi- 60 minus 80 uh, will not carry over into the 2021 season. Good thing I uh, I. I- Past third grade math, and I can I can subtract. <laughs> Always that. questionable with you, me. You cleared, you cleared me, cleared up the uh, the difference there for me. Uh, so no Emmanuel Class A this season. We had already you know not anticipated having him this season for the Indians. Uh, on top of the the injury that he suffered in spring training, now you're talking <clears throat> he's he's out for for sure for this season. Uh, the sixty games of the regular season, not eligible for the playoffs, uh, regardless, uh, if the Indians would make it. But, uh, as far as the, the 20 games left on that balance, not gonna, not gonna be a problem next year. He essentially, he would start next season with a clean slate it, it, it is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Joe. And, uh, the only, uh, kind of, uh, the only kind of hiccup in there would be if, uh, this season, you know, doesn't make it past 15 games or the virus uh, spikes and cancels this season, you know, regardless of how many games are played now, you know, I would think they'd have to go back and uh, negotiate further on, on uh, the length of his suspension. Well, and, and that really does sort of, uh, you know, cement in everybody's mind, you know, they weren't going to anticipate seeing class A this year. 
the combination of Class A and possibly James Karinchak to sort of boost the the, the, the bullpen and, and change that profile to that, that hard-throwing, you know, power right-handed uh, profile in, in the bullpen, sort of along the lines of what you know, Tampa Bay has been able to roll out there for the last couple of years. That's, that's what the Indians were hoping to sort of add with, with those two guys. Now you're, you're pretty much just going to bank on only seeing Karen check in, in some capacity this year. Yeah, that's uh you know, that's a big blow to them. Uh, you know, you had uh, just think of that back end of the pen, you got hands sitting back there, a guy that, you know, pretty much, 30 save guy. Well, I don't know how many saves this year, but uh, 30 saves. He saves guy, 30 and, games this year. That's a pretty good percentage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say you're saving half of your team's games. And uh, two guys that, you know, can are, are you know, knocking on the door at 100 miles an hour uh, with Karen Check and Class A. And uh, as your setup guys, that's not bad. And then you've got, you know, some, some little funkiness with uh, Whitgren and uh, – Oliver Perez, so you know that's that's a pretty good mix right there. Right. Well, uh, we'll see how that shakes out when uh, pitchers and catchers uh, begin reporting. If they if they're not already in town and and at the facility at Progressive Field, then they'll they'll be here by the beginning of next week. Uh, July first is is the agreement is when the the Players Association says we'll have our guys uh, in the yard and and you know taking their COVID tests and beginning the process of getting stretched out. And, and getting into uh, some sort of a routine. Uh, we also have news of the where the Indians taxi squad is, is suspected they'll be, uh, you know, warming up and, and playing. It's a 60-man it's a overall roster with up to 20 of them being, you know, able to, to practice at another site. And uh, I, I believe we've, we've seen reports that it's going to be Lake County is where they're going to work out. Yeah, they've talked about a lot of different uh, spots. You know, Akron, Lake County, St. Ignatius, their baseball facilities, the Lake County, uh, the Lake, uh, the Lake Erie Crushers Stadium in Avon, and you know their sta- their their season just got banged yesterday. The Frontier League, you know, just officially shut it down. So there's going to be a lot of wide open spaces for uh, the Indians' extra players to uh, to use. Now, I guess they've got to would probably have to pass. Uh, some uh, you know uh, some virus uh, inspections they would have to be health you know cleaned and everything like that but uh, I don't think they're going to find uh, they won't have any trouble finding a, an extra ball field or two right and you know if the if it's been X number of days since anybody's been in that park anyways it's not like the virus is uh, is going to last more than two weeks on a on surfaces or anything like that it shouldn't be too hard to spray a little disinfectant and get these guys, uh, you know, suited up and, and out there working out. Uh, how, how does this play into the, the Indians constructing that 60 man roster? Are, are there going to be any surprises in, in, in terms of the names that you're expecting to see on there? We, you know, we mentioned the, the need for catchers yesterday and uh, our, our favorite name, Gung Kwong Giligilau uh, will, will likely be, <laughs> Uh, you know, a guy that he, he'll probably be out there at, at Lake County. It, is I know, you know, Joe, this is my nightmare. I was having nightmares about this last night. This guy's going to hit a walk-off home run in the bottom of the 10th inning, you know, and, and we're going to have like two seconds to write the, the top of the story, and I'm going to have to spell this guy's You're going to spell it five different ways in, in, in one <laughs> sentence. That's what it's it's going to be. be worse than yeah. Zibzinski. <laughs> Zibchinski, yes, there you go. Uh, uh, Hammy's worst nightmare is having to call it, though. Could you imagine? Yeah. 
Could you? I, I would have loved to hear, hear, hear Herbie say this. Herbie oh, score. Man. <laughs> Six yeah, different pronunciations. <laughs> oh my goodness, that, that it would have been great. Yeah. Uh, again, it, we we got to get past the the whole name thing with uh, with Gilly. I think uh, is, is what uh, what Hammy was calling him in, in spring training. But uh, again, this is going to give an opportunity to guys who probably who likely would have spent the entire season or a majority of the season at some point uh, in the minor leagues this year, they're at least going to be that much closer to the possibility of being, you know, one positive test or one twisted ankle uh, away from, you know, dressing with the the big league club. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, you're going to need extra players, you know, even in the 60 game season, people are going to get hurt. They're going to, you know, like you said, maybe, God forbid they test positive or, uh, you know, they're not playing well. And uh, if you're in a stretch drive, you need some help. Um, uh, so you, you have those guys. And I think it's, it's going to be an interesting mix, Joe. I mean, you know, the, here's the thing. If you bring up some of your really young prospects, even I've, I've read where some guys, some teams might, you know, have their, their, their draft picks. Just the 2020 draft picks work out with these guys. But if you use them, you'd have to – you got to put them on the 40-man roster, right? You start, yeah, you got to start paying them service time and everything. Yeah, and that's, I, you know, so that, that's a problem, I, I would think. It's a, it's a good thing to have them, you know, work out and, and stay active and, and you can, you know, see their skills and they won't lose, lose anything. But, I mean, I think it would be a, a desperate – you know, kind of desperate measures to bring them right to the big leagues and if you had to. Right, less less of a worry with the Indians who keep drafting uh, high school kids with their number one picks over the the last couple of years, but you know their their second round pick, their uh, supplemental pick, and their uh, I, I believe second round pick were, were were college pitchers. These guys, you know, should be right now in the in the stretch run of their their college seasons, and and, and would normally be all heated up and and you know in mid season form. Yeah, Tanner Burns and uh, uh, Logan Allen, the uh, the second, the t- the second, I guess the Logan Allen, and, the second, <laughs> and then uh, and uh, who was the kid from uh, Vanderbilt, the the last kid, uh, Mar- uh, well, they bought another college pitcher with their fifth round pick. Um, yeah, I, I, what are we gonna, are we gonna call him like Logan Allen, the lesser, or Logan yeah, Allen, yeah, right, Logan Allen two two point oh, I, I don't know, we got to figure out a way to to get around that, but. Uh, okay, well, yeah, so roster construction, something to keep an eye on, especially as we head towards the third, uh, I'm sorry, the Sunday afternoon deadline for teams to submit their uh, list of names for that 60-man roster to be eligible to play in the regular season uh, this year, I'm sure. Uh, Terry Francona, Chris Antonetti, Mike Chernoff are all uh, huddled together or huddled separately. Uh, on a Zoom call somewhere, deciding whose names they're they're crossing off and and sending wherever they're going. Uh, so I, I, go I read something where they could still negotiate an expanded playoffs. I don't see why the players' union wouldn't want an expanded playoffs yeah. as part of this whole this whole deal. The, you you want to have the, That's the thing, though. If they negotiated, it's it's how much of that expanded playoffs share is going to go to the players. That's what they're right. really negotiating on. And then if you do that, does that take the grievance away? You know, this is crazy. I, I, you know, I guess they, 
did they have a deal or they didn't have a deal? I, they really didn't come to a, a, an agreement, did they? I, no, they never came to an agreement. Manfred imposed the, the, the schedule yeah. and it, the union reserved the right to file a grievance. That was their whole reason. This is basically the reason for the, the executive committee of the players union voting not to accept the agreement on its face. Yeah. Cause it, they turned down basically a, a whole bunch of economic perks that would have gone to the players union, the, the, the lower half of the, the players union in terms of the guys who uh, the salary scale. So in that they reserve the right to file a grievance, which some of them think can, can amount to as much as 900 million, a billion dollars. If an arbitrator, you know, right their way, but that's if the arbitrator goes their way and that's not going to be filed until probably well after the season, I would assume. Right. Uh, it's going to be filed during the, the 2021 season if that happens. So really you, you mortgaged a, a, a financial opportunity for the, the majority for 50% of your union on the chance that you might make more money later, later on down the road. I, I don't get that, but as far as using it as a, they're, they're not going to get expanded playoffs without giving up that right, without signing off a waiver on that agreement. Yeah. They're not going to get the expanded playoffs. So they're not going to get a share of the, the playoff money. An yeah, increased the expanded share of the playoff playoffs money. would help the owners. Now, do the, do, right? I mean, it helps the players too. Money. And the players too. And I, I still don't understand it. So it, now you can like negotiate in little pieces of this deal. I mean, I guess we haven't heard the last of this. Yeah, I, I, the the big thing that Manfred and the owners are going to want, you know, as a, in in return for any sort of expanded playoffs, is going to be the the waiver on that grievance. That's the yeah. big the big thing. So, so yeah, uh, who knows? May do the Indians have a, a better chance in a ten team playoff field or a sixteen team playoff field? Yeah. I, Hey, the more the merrier with me. Just get in there. And then, uh, you know, I think – did you see um, somebody, one of the betting lines, betting uh, parlors online had uh, – I usually you know, delete, the, I usually delete those the, Predicted the number of wins. Yeah, where they, had, where they had the Indians at. They had them at like 31 and a half. 31 and, they, and a half. Would, they would have made – I think they were the 10th team, so they would have got in there. Wow. The, the, the last of 10 teams, 31 yeah. and a half wins. Uh, I, I, started trying, I started trying to do the math in my head uh, and, and just trying to figure out matchups-wise how many wins they could get to if things broke right and they played well, if they played the way that they were playing during that second 60-game stretch last year, you know, that middle 60 games right. where, they, where they were just killing it. You're on fire. Uh, I, I think – I think 40 wins guarantees you a playoff spot. I, I think you're, you get to 40 wins, you're guaranteed a playoff spot. I think anywhere between 39 and 32 wins, you're, you're in it until the very end. You know, there, there's going to be a, a 33, 34, 35 win team that might not make it. Yeah. And I think the Indians, based on, on the opponents that, they, that they're playing, can probably get to about 34, 35 wins. Uh, that, that wouldn't be, you know, out of the, the realm of possibility. I think if they get to 37, they're right there in the mix. Yeah, I think you're right, too. That's a good, that's a good number to point to. 
Yeah. All right. Well, be, we'll, go ahead. It's going to be crazy. It's just going to be crazy. Yeah, I'm going to have to sit down with my slide rule over the next couple of days <laughs> and try to figure out, you know, how they're how they're going to win, uh, how they're going to perform within the division. I think. Do you think? Uh, you think nine and one or eight and two against uh, the uh, Tigers is is a possibility? Boy. You know they dominated them so they lost badly. One, last they lost once last year. Eighteen, they were and, 18 one. and one. And so, I just don't. I don't think you come back and do that again to the same team. That's you know that's look at that team though. They're, yeah. Who were they going to be running out there? Yeah, they, their pitching staff is not really good. Matthew I, I think, Boyd, I, and that and that's about it, right? Right. And I think the Royals can can hurt you offensively, yeah. but they they will have no pitching whatsoever. They're their pitching is going to be very suspect. I think if you play the Royals 10 times, I think you could beat them six or seven times. Yeah. I think that's not out of their own possibility. I think if you go, I think if you beat the Royals seven times, if you beat the White Sox six times, and if you split with the Twins, that's, that's what? That's five plus six plus seven plus eight. Eleven. Oh. Five plus six, 18, 25. 25 wins right there. And then you go, you go 500 against the NL Central. If you go 500 against the NL Central, you're, you're 10 and 10. That's 35 wins. 35 wins puts you, yeah, you gotta in be the right playoff there. conversation, right? Yeah. So it could happen. Let's, let's, let, let's have high hopes. Uh, <laughs> Uh, let's also have high hopes for our, our readers and our listeners here on uh, the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. The exclusive way to submit questions to our podcast is via our subtext account. Uh, Hoinsey, uh, we've been hitting the, uh, the subtexters with as much information as we've been privy to over the last couple of weeks as, as we're getting it. Uh, 216-208-4346 is the number to text. Two, if you want to sign up for $4 a month, $3.99 a month, uh, uh, these, these updates from Hoynes and myself. Uh, Hoynes, what do we have in the, uh, the mailbag this week? Okay, Joe, this is from uh, Bob Youngblood um, from Norton. Will the uh, preseason include games versus, uh, versus other teams? And will the, 20, when, will the taxi squad uh, – work out somewhere near uh, – will, and will the taxi squad work out at uh, Canal Park in Akron? Well, like we covered before earlier, I think the Canal Park's one of the, one of the ones that are consideration. I think they would probably prefer Lake County because it might be a little bit closer and easier to get to. Uh, as far as playing outside of your own group of guys in terms of, like, warm-up game, Tito just hates inter-squad games, doesn't he? Yeah. I thought – wasn't there some kind of – I thought I read something where they they would play they would each team would play three pre preseason games, but I don't know if those are inner squad or they would bring in you know if the Tigers are training in Detroit or Cincinnati up from, uh, from I guess Cincinnati. I don't know. The the two closest for the Indians would be Detroit and Pittsburgh. Yeah, those are the, those are the two closest drives. So I would imagine at some point you're you're running and. And and is that you know do the Indians show up and bring taxi squad guys too and play in another location play two games in one day 
at the same time, maybe major league guys at the at, at PNC or, you know, who knows? There's there's a lot of questions out there, but I, I think it would make sense to at least get a couple of games or a couple of scrimmages in against guys who aren't in your own clubhouse. Yeah, I think that's a good point, Joe. Uh, this is from Jeff from Chagrin Falls. Do you think the Astros cheating scandal played any role in the owner's hardline negotiations with the union? As a side note, uh, the Astros must be ecstatic that they are playing games in front of empty seats this season. Well, that might not be the case as today uh, uh, Astros owner Jim Crane announced that he intends to have some Astros fans in the stands for games because Texas is among the states that is allowing up to 50% uh, seating in uh, major league ballparks or in, in professional ballparks, uh, which sounds crazy because Texas is also one of the states that's yeah. currently undergoing a, a radical spike in, uh, in coronavirus infections. So uh, who knows if that's going to come about? Uh, I don't think that the hardline stance of the owners had anything to do with the Astros cheating scandal. Uh, and as far as them being relieved, I, I would still not be very comfortable if I were an Astros hitter stepping into the box against any pitcher, uh, particularly those on the Los Angeles Dodgers, who they're going to have to face for at least 10 games this year. Yeah, that's, that's, that's well put, Joe. I, yeah, I don't see how the Astros cheating scandal <clears throat> is tied to the negotiations. That was you know, the negotiations were brought on by the pandemic. I mean, right. uh, and, uh, you know, so. It, it, the pandemic did halt all the talk about the Astros cheating scandal. As I, if you'll recall, the first two weeks of March, that was pretty much all anybody was talking about was the Astros cheating scandal. I did see a, a funny meme on Twitter where it was under the new rules. Uh, it was like new rules for 2020. And it said Astros, uh, Astros strike zone. And it had the, the like the electronic box drawn over Jose Altuve's midsection. So, <laughs> so who knows? Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. that that made me laugh, but it couldn't could actually be a you know a bit of a reality the first time they face the Dodgers at least. Don't don't dig in, Jose. Oh, this is from uh, Chris Jimenez. I don't think this is uh, the former Tribe catcher, Pisca uh, Piscataway, uh, New Jersey. Huh? Okay. Baseball, as we know it, is the ultimate statistics tracker. With the circus show MLB has proposed for extra innings this year, have you heard anything about how, how Elias and others will handle the runners who start at second base in extra innings? Uh, uh, have they decided who will start at second? And uh, will it go as a plate appearance, a hit, a walk, etc.? Well, I think it's it's uh it should be under the uh, the beer league rules of softball as we've played them over the last few years. Uh, I know is that that runner that starts at second base is the last batted out uh, in the order. So if Roberto Perez is your ninth batter in the order and he makes the last out of the ninth inning, uh, then when the Indians come to bat in the tenth inning, he's the runner that's out at second base for Francisco Lindor at the top of the order. Uh, as far as how Elias is going to handle that or, or the, the scoring, the official scoring, I, I think you, you had mentioned something about that uh, the other day. Yeah, we talked about it, uh, you know, in our podcast uh, on Wednesday. Uh, it, it will be ruled, it, you know, the, if the runner scores, 
it will not be ruled an earned run. It will be earned, uh, it will be ruled an unearned run and uh, as if the guy had reached on an error, but it will not, uh, it will not go as an error against the team. Uh, as a as far as a plate appearance hit or walk, I'm I'm not sure. I'm not clear on that. I mean, it's a uh, it's a positive stat that could could add to you know Roberto Perez's run total. He scored a run in that game. It's yeah. Just a, it's it's not you know anywhere quantitatively as as far as how he got to second base. And you could also pinch run for Roberto Perez. Correct, but then he's out of the game. Then he's out of the game. Right now, there was was some kind of crazy. Talk about re-entry rules, but I didn't see any of that. They oh man, you go re-entry oh. rules. We're we're bringing it all the way down to like peewee ball here now. <laughs> if we do that, come on. Okay, we have these guys haven't played with re-entry rules since they were eleven. This is <laughs> not cool. Okay, here's one from Andy Meese from Sandusky. With MLB season, with the MLB season lasting only sixty games, will Terry Francona have his starting pitchers? on a shorter leash than he typically would, uh, namely second-year starter Zach Plesek and Aaron Savali. How does this abbreviated season affect how Francona will manage the bullpen? Uh, like we said uh, in, in yesterday's podcast, um, we saw Terry Francona revolutionize bullpen use in the 2016 postseason. He had Andrew Miller. He had all these weapons, and he took an approach that nobody had really taken before and took the Indians to the seventh game of the World Series that year. Uh, I would expect him to be, you know, thinking about something, doing something differently as well. He's, he's a Hall of Fame manager right now, and, and he understands that going at things in a, in a traditional sense this year is might not get the job done. You, you've got to think definitely outside the lines uh, as far as that goes. So yeah, there, there, there might be something different that, that Francona has up its sleeve. And part of, part of covering this team this year is going to be figuring out what that is. Uh, as far as the starters being on a shorter leash, uh, I think if, if Zach Plesak can get you into the, the fifth, sixth inning, he's done more than his share. So, Early on, I think all starters across the league are going to be, you know, kept on a on a tight count. But but if if the young guys in the the tribes or uh, rotation are are able to come through and produce in, in, in a similar fashion to what they did last year, uh, I don't think I don't think he's going to have to put any artificial limitations on them in terms of how many runs they give up or anything like that. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point, Joe. I think uh, you know a lot is going to depend on this three week. Uh, spring training I think you know how much have these guys been throwing how have they been able to get off a mound regularly you know I was talking to Zach Plesak a couple days ago and he's he's been in Cleveland for two weeks he's been working out at the at progressive field every day so you know he's going to be in pretty good I I would imagine you know he's going to be ready to go here and and, uh you know maybe it's a, a little different than going into camp in February I think you've probably got your arm strength is a little, you know, uh, more built up than, than it would be in, in February. But it's still, it's going to be a feeling out process for, you know, Francona and Carl Willis and uh, Ruben Niebla and, and, you know, the guys uh, running the pitching staff. All right. I did get a, uh, a question submitted to me 
uh, the other day via email, and I, I think we'll we'll relax the rules because it was actually a pretty funny, uh, pretty good one actually. Uh, and looking to find it here, it's uh, from a guy who wanted to know if we thought the Indians, yeah, fans watching games. Paul Bednarski uh, emailed and said he's not in Cleveland anymore, but he wanted to know in left field or progressive field. The open architecture and gate allows people outside the stadium to watch the game through the fence. I suppose a lot of people would like to do that enough that would they consider, you know, they would probably be within six feet of each other. Do you think the Indians would block off the view to make sure that the, uh, the folks can't see in or can't gather out on the street on, on East 9th or on the Gateway Plaza there? Uh, so that's, that's Paul's question. What do, what do you think the uh, the Indians' approach will be to people trying to trying to sneak in and get their yeah get their fixes? The the folks in the AT and T building might have a, a pretty good look, huh? Right, they could rent out some of those rooms. <laughs> yeah, you know that's like the old not not on uh, not old gang, right? You guys looking through the yeah, fence, exactly. kids looking through the fence. You know, I think I think that would. You know, I, I'm sure they're not going to let like a hundred people or two hundred people crowd crowd against each other. You know, in 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 uh you know, not within social distancing, but if you're walking by there, why not stop and watch a couple innings? I don't think they're going to put a tarp up. I'd, I'd, I'd hate to think they would do that. Uh, in, in order to prevent people from, you know, gathering, I, I think that's a strong possibility that, that <laughs> they might have to. People start getting the idea that, hey, it's, uh, it's 7.30. I can, I can make my way just – I just happen to be walking by – the uh, the center field plaza and, and you know I I caught an inning or two of uh, of the game. Plus, is the game going to be on the scoreboard? Will people be able to see the scoreboard at all? So, right. Who knows? You know, where, where do those guys? What is that guy sit that that lights the fireworks off on Friday? Oh, on, the, Friday? on the parking deck. Yeah. Yeah. Can, yeah. Now there, there. You get some lawn chairs. Sell some beer up there. You could you could make that work. I've <laughs> I've actually you've got a pretty where I park on the parking deck on the top floor of the parking deck, you can actually get a pretty good look straight in from, uh, from center field. So actually it's more down the left field line, but, but still, you, Hey, you pay 12 are, bucks to park. And uh... are we really talking about trying to sneak looks at games where there's not going to be fans in the stands? Hey, this is, Oh man, this is going to be the strangest season ever. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, <laughs> that was a pretty good, pretty good mailbag. We haven't done a, a, a we haven't done questions in a while. So we, we came through with some good ones there. Uh, again, get on subtext, uh, subscribe, and submit your questions that way for us. Uh, again, Hoinsey, we're looking forward to you know when the schedule is going to be released. Could be any any minute now. We could we could get an email in the next five minutes, and the schedule will be up, and we'll have that much more to talk about tomorrow. But until that time, uh, you know, we'll just keep keep waiting and trying to figure out some of these these strange rules and circumstances for this 2020 season. Yeah, definitely. It's uh. It's a surprise every day, Joe. (laughs) We'll leave it at that. All right, we'll talk to you again tomorrow on the Cleveland Baseball Talk Podcast.